nations for your Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, January 11th, 2023, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast, coming to you from the beautiful Streams in the Desert Live home studio via StarWorldWideNetworks.com where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is The Chosen. But before we get started, let us pray. Lord God, we humbly come before your throne and bow down spiritually speaking. Lord God, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. We ask that the power working and anointing of your Holy Spirit permeate this hour in everything that is said and done that it would be edifying to the hearer, Lord God, and that it would be pointing everyone to the Lord Jesus Christ, for our time is very short. It is 11.59 and split seconds, just before the imminent return of the Lord and only Savior of the world, who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking my place upon the cross of Calvary, and Holy Spirit, have your way in this day. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we open the show for today, all I'm going to say is buckle up and keep your arms and legs inside the ride at all times. Above that, I just have one question for you. If you are seeking eternal life so that you will be able to spend your eternity in heaven with the Lord and only Savior of the world, who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, would you seek a person out, my friends, who is led by Satan to instruct you on how to get there? With that said, I know that for all intents and purposes, the chosen TV series as of December 11th, 2022, has now entered into its third season. Today, we are going to rewind to January 23rd, 2022, to help the lost, misguided, and confused of this present world decide whether Jesus or Satan should be the one to instruct them on this quest. Echoed in our piece for today, my friends, which is there again dated January 23rd, 2022, and is a Lighthouse Trails publication titled The Chosen Series, Ten Critical Concerns of which the author thereof opens by stating the incredibly popular series The Chosen is being described as a global phenomenon and growing movement that is creating the groundwork for world revival. However, there are some critical concerns about this series and where it is heading. The following are 10 of these concerns. Number one, the Chosen and its Mormon influencers. 
Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. The writer begins at this point by stating the Chosen series was initiated and inspired from a partnership between Dallas Jenkins, an evangelical filmmaker, and three Mormon businessmen, Jeffrey and Neil Harmon, and Daryl Eves. After the three men viewed a film written and directed by Jenkins called The Shepherd. The Mormon influence on The Chosen is considerable. The executive producer is Mormon. The distributor is Mormon. Certain episodes were shot on a special Mormon set in Utah. And the crowdfunding and media expertise is provided by Mormons. In 2017, Dallas Jenkins had reached a self-described career low as a filmmaker. When he was given an opportunity to partner with the successful Mormon businessmen who believed they could create a global phenomenon with the chosen. With the Mormon church's long-standing hope and efforts to be viewed by the evangelical church as just another denomination, and Jenkins' unsatisfied desire to be a successful Christian filmmaker, it seems like the perfect match to help each other out, thus the birth of the chosen those who defend the chosen may say that so far through season two, my friends, no Mormon doctrine has been introduced into the series, and therefore it's not a problem that Mormons and evangelicals are working together. If this were a secular film, perhaps that would be a valid argument. But in a film series that is supposed to be depicting the life and ministry of Jesus, Christ, that is, and his disciples, and which claims to complement the Bible's message, then 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 must be applied where believers who are to be, the, to be in the light are instructed not to to be unequally yoked with those who are in spiritual darkness. The writer continues by saying, It is ironic that 40 years ago, Christians were flocking to their churches by the tens of thousands to watch a film called The Godmakers, which warned about Mormonism, most particularly about the false Jesus of Mormonism. Today, in in stark contrast, the writer says, countless Christians are enthusiastically watching a film about Jesus that is Mormon-influenced with seemingly little concern or spiritual discernment. Number two, are the biblical Jesus and the Mormon Jesus the same? For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. Here the author shares, uh, the Apostle Paul warns that some will present a Jesus to the church, who is not the Jesus of the Bible, but is one who brings a spirit that is not the Holy Spirit, and a gospel that is not the one that can save men's souls. Paul's concern is that some members of the church will embrace and bear with a false Christ. The Chosen's director, co-writer, and chief publicist, Dallas Jenkins, has gone on record stating that the Mormon Jesus is the same as the Bible's Jesus. 
In an interview, Jenkins did in May of 2020 on a Mormon program, he stated, I can honestly say one of the top three most fascinating and beautiful things about this project has been my growing brother and sisterhood with people of the LDS community that I never would have known otherwise and learning so much about your faith tradition and realizing, gosh, he says, for all the stuff that maybe we don't see eye to eye on, maybe we don't see eye to eye on, hmm, that all happened, he says, that all happened, and that's all based on stuff that happened after Jesus was here. The stories of Jesus, we do agree on, and we love the same Jesus. That's not something that you often hear. I mean, I'll sink or swim on that statement. Well, I've yet to seen it yet, my friends. People are still flocking to it. And he says, it's, con it's controversial at the least, my friends. And I don't mind getting criticized at all, he says, for the show. And I don't mind being called a blasphemer. Hmm. It's interesting he would think of that word, but it fits. I'm, he says, uh, I've made it very clear that if I go down, I'm going down swinging, protecting my friends and my brothers and sisters. I don't deny we have a lot of theological differences. He's saying that they have a lot of doctrinal differences, but we still love the same Jesus. Well, guess what, my friends? When things don't line up with the Bible, and especially when you're talking about Jesus himself, you don't serve the same Jesus. I'm sorry, but that's God's word. The, the author, my friends, of this piece then interjects in the book, the Godmakers, Ed Decker and Dave Hunt state, Mormon missionaries claim to be bringing true Christianity to the world. When questioned, Mormons insist that their gospel comes from the Bible and that they have the same God and the same Jesus as Christians. In actual fact, they have a completely different God from what the Bible presents, a different Jesus and a different gospel. These differences are denied or glossed over by the missionaries who are often, they say, evasive and unwilling to tell the whole truth to a prospective convert for the fear of losing him. Below uh, is a list of some of the attributes of the Mormon Jesus. Well, my friends, let's start off with a bang. Jesus is Lucifer's brother. That's what the Mormons believe. Jesus is a spirit child conceived through physical means between an exalted man, heavenly father, and the Virgin Mary. Jesus is not eternal and has a beginning in regards to not being part of the eternal Trinity. Jesus was not always God, but earned his way to Godhead, just as we will become gods someday. The work of the Mormon Jesus was insufficient for men's salvation, and to complete it, one has to believe in Joseph Smith that he came from God to restore the church in regards to Smith has a role in salvation. Mormon doctrine teaches that without our own righteousness, there is no forgiveness of sins, contrary to Romans chapter 4, verse 5, and many other biblical verses. These and many other teachings of the Mormon church clearly show that the Mormon Jesus is not the same as the Jesus of the Bible. And for Dallas Jenkins to say otherwise helps to legitimize Mormonism as true Christianity. 
and to bring it into the evangelical fold. This is always why I'm telling you folks, I am not evangelical because these people that call themselves evangelical, well, they just don't have all the pieces. Let's move forward. The writer of this piece then says, in 2021, Dallas Jenkins further defends what he calls his brothers and sisters in the Mormon religion when he states, the calling of my life is to make the authentic Jesus known to the entire world, and anyone who's going to help me do that is welcome. The author of this piece then points out Jenkins' open invitation invitation to anyone who wants to help to present his alleged authentic Jesus is a prime example of what the Apostle Paul was warning about in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. The writer continues, by calling Mormons his brothers and sisters, obviously, in a spiritual sense, this implies that there is no need to introduce them to uh, the one eternal God and evangelize them to be of true biblical faith. Number three, the chosen, a definitive portrayal of God's people, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Here is, uh, here in point number three, my friends, the writer begins by sharing in 2021, in a 2021 interview, Dallas Jenkins says the following. I felt like God was saying, like the chosen is going to be the definitive portrayal of my people. Now, you realize the word definitive means like final portrayal of my people, okay? The ultimate, okay? And this is what people are going to think of around the world when they think of my people and I'm God, that is, not going to let you Dallas Jenkins says, screw it up. Now, the Lord would really use that word, I'm sure. Not. In other words, Jenkins seems to be saying that everything in the series has been approved by God. And what's more, God isn't going to let Jenkins mess any of it up, says the writer <laughs> that is trying to bring the uh, concerns of the chosen out, my friends. He chose a better choice of words to make his point. Even though Jenkins went to Mormons to help create, produce, and promote the chosen and develop a definitive portrayal of the church, even though most of the content of the chosen is not found in the Bible by Jenkins' own admission. The author's reply to what Jenkins said is this, and is spoken in godly wisdom. When Dallas Jenkins felt he heard God telling him these things, did he test what he heard, as scripture instructs us, to see whether these things were of God? One of the ways a Christian can try or test the spirits is to compare what he thinks he is being told with scripture. Would the God of the Bible actually tell Jenkins that he that his uh, film series is going to be the definitive portrayal of his people, the church, when most of the content is not even in the Bible and is made up? Wouldn't that put the chosen above God's word? But according to scripture, God puts his word even higher than his name. I will worship towards the holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou has magnified thy word above all thy name. Psalms 138 
verse 2. The author continues by stating the Mormon church teaches that the Christian church went completely apostate and basically became non-existent until the early 1800s when Joseph Smith came on the scene and restored the church. However, the biblical Jesus says this about his church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. The writer then asks the question, now was there some apostasy that came after the resurrection? Absolutely. Just as the apostle Paul warned about in Acts chapter 20, verse 29. The writer says, but from the beginning of the church that Jesus and his disciples established, there has always been a remnant of the true church, which has consisted of born-again believers in Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Thus, it is unbiblical and absurd to think that Joseph Smith was used to restore the Christian church. If God really told Dallas Jenkins that the chosen would be the definitive portrayal of his church, it stands to reason that God would not condone Jenkins turning to Mormons to market and influence this portrayal. Number four, 95% of the content isn't even from the Bible. Dallas Jenkins. Dallas Jenkins told one interviewer that 95% of the content of The Chosen isn't from the Bible. This means that The Chosen is almost completely man's word, not God's word. The Chosen writers do not hesitate to add their own ideas and opinions to actual biblical events. For example, Mary Magdalene backsliding is not in the Bible. Uh, Matthew portrayed as autistic not in the Bible. Jesus rehearsing his Sermon on the Mount, not in the Bible. John chapter 12, verses 49 through 50, John chapter 17, verse 8. With further episodes yet to be written and further seasons to come, how far afield will the writers of The Chosen take their creative liberties to recreate and reimagine? God's word. Matthew chapter 7 verse 29 says, For he, Jesus, taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The meaning here for the Greek word scribes is writers, as in writing. Dallas Jenkins often says that the fictionalized stories he created are plausible. According to Webster's Dictionary, the word plausible means superficially fair, reasonable, or valuable, or, uh, but, but often suspicious in regards to having a false look of truth or genuineness and having deceptive attraction or allure. When Jenkins writes into the chosen script that the Apostle Peter had a gambling debt that uh, pressured him to fish overtime on the Sabbath to pay back what he owed, Jenkins suggests that this is plausible. Now, I want you to hear the rest of this, my friends. But in Matthew, in Matthew's version, you know, Matthew in the Bible, <laughs> one of the four Gospels, and, but in Matthew's version, it is clear that Jesus was not offering plausible ideas, but was one having authority in regarding speaking, in regard to speaking the truth. Jenkins continually elevates the practice of artistic imagination over literal scripture. In interviews, he gives uh, the impression that scripture by itself is flat, boring, and one-dimensional, contrary to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which says it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
The result is a cleverly devised extra-biblical story that is 95% fiction. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, says 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Let me read it again. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. My friends, the word cunningly is another word for cleverly, which goes back to what Mr. Jenkins and his fellow Uh, influencers are creating. The result is a cleverly devised extra-biblical story that is 95% fiction. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God is another scripture that was used concerning this very matter. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. The Lighthouse Trails research writer continues by stating there are serious ramifications that can occur with fictionalizing the Bible. For instance, in season one of The Chosen, where Jenkins had Peter fishing on the Sabbath, Jenkins asked a messianic Jew, Rabbi Jason Sobel, one of Jenkins' advisors, what he thought about adding this in. Listen to this, my friends. The rabbi did not believe that such a scenario would be plausible and that this would be a huge deal to the point where I don't even ever believe it would have ever happened. Non-believing Jews who watch the series and see this scene could easily believe this is in the New Testament. And knowing that something like this would be nearly impossible in the Jewish culture of the time, it will be further evidence to them in their minds that the New Testament is a collection of fictions, fictionist stories that never could have happened. This is just one example where Jenkins Artistic imagination could backfire and be detrimental to those searching for the truth. Dallas Jenkins appears to believe that um, reimagining the New Testament on screen will draw people to reading the Bible and at the same time draw people to Jesus. However, by presenting 95% fictionalized content, it may create a Jesus with a great personality, but one with no redeeming power and, ra- and rather present another Jesus where viewers will be entertained but not saved. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but because but became vain in their own imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. And on that sobering note, my friends, I will be right back after the break so that we may continue our look at The Chosen.
you come with me? Just call out his name. Say I have decided. My friends, I pray that you decide to follow Jesus and never turn back, for our time is too short upon this earth. And with that said, number five, Jonathan Rumi, spiritual affinities and his influence on millions. Jonathan Rumi, the actor who plays Jesus in The Chosen, is a fervent Catholic with a strong affinity towards the New Age. He is a Knights Templar, and in 2020, he was nominated for Papal Knighthood. He also claims to have had personal interactions with a deceased Catholic saint. Rumi credits his Catholic faith as the foundation of his portrayal of Jesus. Right there would be another Jesus, my friends, because the Jesus in the Catholic Church is not the same Jesus in the Bible. Not when you're bowing down to his mother, which God told us never to bow down to statues. And Jesus is the only mediator between man and God, not Mother Mary or not Jesus's mother married. And now because of his newfound celebrity status, the writer says, playing the role of Jesus, Rumi has gained a significant global platform through interviews, live events, YouTube, TV, radio, and social media, a platform he is using to draw his fans and followers to his Catholic beliefs and his new age propensities. The following is just a small sampling of Rumi's involvement with both. In a, in a YouTube video uh, that, um, that as of writing, that as of the writing of this piece had over a half a million views, Rumi testifies that he utilizes uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, uh, a meditative Catholic prayer ritual that was started in 1935 by Saint Faustina, Mother Mary Angelica, uh, founder of the popular Catholic station EWTN, and teaches of the chaplet, says this about the chaplet. Saint Faustina started stated rather that she received the prayer through visions and conversations with Jesus who made specific promises regarding their recitation of the prayers. In an August 2021 statement on his Twitter account, Rumi posted a photo of himself standing next to the tomb of Padre Pai, a Roman Catholic priest and mystic who died in 1968. Rumi, state, Rumi stated, visiting St. Uh, Padre Pi, one of the most powerful saints and witnesses to the suffering and miracles of Christ in the 20th century, as well as one with whom I have had personal interactions. Also, the first priest on record to have had the stigmata physically documented. My friends, in case you don't know, in case you're just not Catholic, you can and 
check this out. The stigmata is in the Roman and Roman Catholicism. It are bodily wounds and scars and pain, which pain which appears in locations corresponding to the crucifixion wounds of Jesus Christ. Now, where is that in the Bible? I digress. The writer goes on to say, in the interview with Rumi, a Catholic priest stated, God bless Dallas for being able to help us, the Catholic Church, to actively spread this message of divine mercy in a way through you, Rumi. Jonathan Rumi has also become a popular voice on Hollow, the number one Catholic contemplative meditation prayer and sleep app. For those not familiar with contemplative prayer, the writer says, you may request a free booklet from Lighthouse Trails that explains its new age roots. You can also go to their website and just read it as well, my friends. It's right there. On June 9th, 2019, On Rumi's Instagram account, Rumi praises and promotes New Age practitioner Russell Brand, a strong proponent of transcendental meditation. After spending an evening with Brand at a TM presentation, Rumi states, fantastic night of doing do-gooding, meditative uh, appreciation, and transcendental inebriation. That's not my Jesus, my friends. Romy's recommended reading list on Amazon includes The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything by Jesuit priest and New Age sympathizer James Martin. The book openly teaches that Pantheonistic New Age doctrine of God in everyone and everywhere, as the following quotes from the book illustrate. God can be found in everything and everyone, too. We'll look at how to find God in everything and everything in God. Goal, finding God in all things. Encountering God in all things and in all people. Martin's book teaches that one can reach a pantheonistic state of new age awareness through meditative exercises such as Lecto Divina, the uh, spiritual exercise of Saint Inigia. And um, let me see now, he was the head of the Jesuits. Inigo, I can't think of how to say his name right now. If it comes to me, I'll. I'll Slot it in. Um, contemplative prayer, imaginative prayer, and centering prayer. These are all forms of new age type meditation under the guise of Christian meditation. Also referred, also referenced in Martin's book several times is Pierre Teilhard de Chardin considered the father of the New Age movement. For Rumi to list a book on his recommended reading list that is so outrightly filled with New Age practices and beliefs makes it wholly evident that he is definitely drawn to the New Age. And uh, the writer goes on to say, some will say it doesn't really matter that a devout Catholic who has uh, interactions with the dead participates in and promotes Catholic and New Age mystical uh, prayer practices and who resonates with uh, numerous New Age sympathizing public figures is playing Jesus uh, because he is just acting a part. What he does with his personal life can cause no harm. But this is faulty reasoning, says the writer, of which I agree with 1,000%, my friends. It is because of his role in The Chosen that he has this new found platform, newly found platform, my friends. 
that has given him a celebrity status. For example, Rumi was listed as one of the 10 Catholics who restored our faith in humanity in 2021. He is already influencing millions of people. In a Zoom interview with the National Catholic Register, Zoom, uh, Rumi said that he hoped to lead people to Christ in some way. In some way, right? My friends, by, the, by way of the New Age, you know, the, the Jesus the coming to the Himalayan mountains in a flying saucer, that kind of thing. I guess that's some way, yeah. Uh, the writer says, given what he is promoting and practicing— the Christ he is leading people to is a different Christ and not the biblical Jesus. Number six, Dallas Jenkins, unequally yoked or equally yoked. In August of 2021, da uh, Dallas Jenkins joined Jonathan Rumi for a visit with the Pope with Pope Francis. As the two were sitting together waiting for the meeting, Rumi asked Jenkins what he was thinking at that moment. Jenkins replied, I am honestly, uh, this is a big deal because for me, it represents two things. Now listen up, my friends, that are important. One is the branching out of the show to the world. Another one is the branching out of the show to people in traditions that I wasn't part of. So uh, it shows that the walls are coming down. I've never, I've been a Christian a long time. I've never seen a project that has, listen up my friends, united more faith traditions. I think they call that ecumenicalism, my friends, which is the leading to a one-world religion that has nothing to do with the Lord Jesus Christ out of the Bible. The writer continues by saying, while critics have said that Dallas Jenkins is unequally yoked in his connection with those of different faith traditions, perhaps he is actually equally yoked. In other words, if you look at statements like the one above, Jenkins makes it increasingly apparent that he may be more in the camp of those outside traditional biblical Christianity than those within it. Even one of the three uh, writers for The Chosen, Tyler Thompson, is described by Jenkins as a Catholical, a Catholical, uh, which Jenkins says is partly Catholic and partly evangelical. As a five-hour documentary on YouTube shows, it would be difficult for creators of The Chosen to deny that the atmosphere they've created is definitely ecumenical. In one YouTube video where a Catholic interviews Mormon executive producer Daryl Eves, The Chosen is praised for its ecumenical and interreligious appeal. Well, you know what? That right there should tell you the whole thing is really uh, uh, just a, a hot mess for the fact that you know, if it's appealing to ecumenical people and interreligious uh, people that don't even believe what the Bible says already, well, that just proves its point right there that it's not from the Lord God. But there's more. One of the people Jenkins favorably quotes is the pathanistic, mystic, and Franciscan priest Richard Rohr who is a proponent of the New Age concept of the Cosmic Christ. In a March 14, 2019 Facebook entry, Jenkins posts an excerpt of Rohr's book, What Do We Do With the Bible?, saying that the quote was rocking my world. Jenkins' 2019 Facebook entry by 
Roar states, just because you use scripture, even in a God-affirming way, does not mean you are using scripture for life and love, growth and wisdom, and for the sake of God or others. Many of the worst genocides and atrocities in history have been supported by scripture quotes in the mouths of selfish and scarred people. Excessive God talk and quoting of scripture are the best cover possible for a narcissistic personality. In fact, sometimes it seems to me that the churches that go on and on about the greatness of God in both their sermons and their music are often filled with the very groups and individuals that most want the greatness for themselves. I doubt if God needs us to be saying how great God is as Satan does here with Jesus. Yes, religion is the best thing in the world and also the worst thing in the world. And so is Holy Scripture. Thank you, Mr. Roar, New Age Idiot. The Lighthouse writer follows up that quote a lot better than I did with this. Rohr tries to attribute genocides and atrocities to the quoting of scripture. But atrocities and genocides are committed by people who do not care to follow scripture. They are committed when people add to scripture that which does not belong there and by people who take away from scripture that which should be there. Scripture shines a light on evilness and is the beacon that is a light unto our path. Thus, it reveals the secrets of the heart and exposes darkness. The derogatory manner in which Roar speaks of God's word and those of than those who talk about it uh, and quote it a lot is typical of is typical, the writer says, for Roar and other popular figures today who, listen up, my friends, resist the truth of the Bible. It is disturbing, the writer says, that Dallas Jenkins resonates with and is rocked by statements such as Roar's, especially in light of how little scriptural context Jenkins uses in The Chosen. But it is also disturbing that Christian leaders such as Jack Hibbs and Kirk Cameron are yoking themselves to The Chosen by openly promoting the series to their countless followers. Now, for the sake of time, my friends, we will be skipping to number Nine, the cho- on the chosen series list of ten critical concerns, but you can read this full article or order your own copy of the chosen series ten critical concerns booklet by going to the lighthousetrailsresearch.com website. With that said, it is now on to number nine, critical concern concerning. The Chosen series, which is The Chosen, the stage for a worldwide revival and the healing of the world. God is God is tilling the soil and sowing seeds for a fertile revival. I think it's already happening, and I think we are an additional element to that story and of that accomplishment by God, Jonathan Rumi, who is the one who plays Jesus, my friends, on this series. The writer of the Lighthouse Trails piece says, in season two, the chosen Jesus says he is starting a revolution and invites everyone to partner with him in the healing of the world. But the true Time to listen up, my friends. But the true Christ said he did not come to bring revolution or international peace and healing. 
but rather division. To separate those who desire truth from those who oppose it. Luke chapter 12, verse 51. Similarly, New Age leaders talk about a worldwide revival as well in both cases, the chosen and the New Age. Uh, The goal is to break down barriers and bring all faith traditions together. In 1898, a book titled Christianity and Anti-Christianity in Their Final Conflict by Samuel J. Andrews was released. Andrews was concerned that the church was not being warned about the Bible's account of the last days when the Antichrist would come on the scene and deceive the world. Pastor Andrews described the Bible's warning of great deception, not a worldwide revival. This summary of the Lord's teaching shows us that anything like a conversion of the world before his return by the preaching of the gospel was not in his thoughts. Had it been, he could have not have failed to uh, comfort his morning disciples and encourage them to vigorous action by assurance of the success of their mission. But he persistently holds up before them hatred, persecution, and death. His life on earth was prophetic of the history of the church and the greatest manifestation of hostility to her, meaning the church, as to him, meaning Jesus, would be at the end. In former New Age follower Warren Smith's 2020 book, The Titanic in Today's Church, he shares important insights about the coming false revival and revolution. Looking for spiritual experiences while hurrying towards revival without identifying confronting and repenting of the false teachings, false teachers, and spiritual dangers in our midst is symptomatic of the same false confidence and complacency the crew of the Titanic exhibited as they uh, underestimated the physical danger in their midst. The Bible describes a great last day's deception not a great last day's revival. For the church to have revivals without repenting of the sin and deception entrenched in it does not make for a true revival. Number 10, never underestimate the enemy. Jesus Christ warned that the last days that in the last days there would be many false Christs. He said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 and 5. It, he says, um, the writer says, Is it possible that our adversary, the devil, could use a series such as The Chosen to deceive many? In season two, episode four, a religious zealot in referring to the Roman official they were seeking to kill turns to his accomplice and states, never underestimate the enemy, but have Dallas Jenkins, his Mormon partners, his Catholic Jesus and uh, complacent viewers underestimated the enemy and where this all may be going. In Primal Branding, the book Daryl Eves recommended to all of his clients, including Dallas Jenkins, uh, read, there is a haunting quote at the end of the book. The author states, in the end, the question that Primal Branding finally asks is, do you want to be just another bland service organization or product on the shelf, or do you want to become a necessity and desire desired part of the culture. 
As Maureen White, a former vice president at Target, said to me, quote, I get it. Don't just build a church, create a religion. The writer of this Lighthouse Trails uh, piece says, is the revolutionary movement and revival the chosen is spearheading actually sowing the seeds of a new religion for a new age? Are Dallas Jenkins and his cast and crew unwittingly walking millions of people in the world and the church into a deadly deceptive trap? Would it not be wise for them to take heed to the words quoted in their own production? Never underestimate the enemy. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. My friends, as they say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It was 23 years ago that the first Left Behind movie came out, written by Dallas Jenkins' dad, and that the Lord God told me to have nothing to do with this movie or the books, just as he later did concerning the Passion of the Christ movie and Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life book and church. My friends, the common thread between all of the just mentioned throughout this program is that they were simply not approved by the Lord God. Some may ask, why not? Well, I am glad you asked because I have the biblical answer. Number one, they were not written, produced, directed, or performed by men that were filled with the indwelling power, working, and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, of which the Lord tells us to turn away from when we find people who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Number two, none of them in their presentation ever give an invitation to turn from sin and to make the Lord Jesus Christ one's only Savior. But they did and are making a lot of money while presenting another Jesus, which was and is the main goal and true purpose. My friends, today is the day of salvation. It is time for me to go, but I will leave you with reading Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, and going before the Lord with a broken and contrite heart and spirit, and asking the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, and to uh, seek the Lord God for the indwelling power, working and anointing of His Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues so that you, my friends, will be ready, watching, waiting, and praying for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And until then, it is a wrap, my friends. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make His face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace, shalom, and blessings until we meet again. Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?